everyone. You're listening to episode eight of Our Minute Man Moment in Airman's podcast. I'm Sergeant Rolls, and I am your host for this week's episode. Today with us, we have Chief Master Sergeant Brian Rohauer, who is the 189th Airlift Wing Command Chief. Welcome, Chief. Thanks for being here today. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, and this is a cool setup, I got to admit. If uh, anybody gets a chance to come over, it's uh, it definitely puts you in stereo mode. So this is, this is cool. Looking forward to it. Yeah, it's nice. We're we're official now. So. Exactly. Look out. Yeah, and uh, Melody, our account, my counterpart, is finally back from her school. She just graduated to second lieutenant. So mm-hmm. welcome back and congratulations. Well, I was going to piggyback on uh, Chief Rohauer, but I, I guess that it sounds uh, or it works for for me coming back too. Too legit to quit. We're yeah. too legit here, go. Chief. That's it. Yeah. Well, so, congrats, by the way. Thank you. So, um, so Chief, uh, I know we had a really busy last drill, and we are looking forward to next drill in November in a couple of weeks. So, um, maybe let's just talk a little bit about you know how last drill went. Yeah. So you know we're at a difficult time right now. I mean, everybody, you know, last drill, you know, we're still under this COVID uh, mandate, and everybody has their opinions, right? And we're just trying to move forward. So, um, I know there's still emotion and a lot of it. Um, you know, getting to what's next. Uh, I just just ask that, you know, people be patient, you know, Aaron be patient and realize that, you know, we're navigating the waters just as much as they are. Uh, and, you know, we, we are, uh, we're paying attention to exorgs that are above us. Um, so it, it comes at a contentious time. But once again, uh, dignity and respect with whatever people are choosing right now. Uh, and, you know, and stand behind their decision and still here for, information if they need it, uh, whether it's medically, religiously, whatever it may be. Uh, but, you know, realistically, when it comes down to a military force and a military readiness, uh, we've got to move forward. So I guess what I'm getting out of this, and I haven't seen the literature on it yet, you're saying that um, airmen and soldiers have until December well, it, to become vaccinated? It or? is different. It is different between air and Army. Um, Army so for, for us, we're giving them until December. Right. December 2nd is a decision period. Um, October came, October drill came, you had to start to make, you had, it was decision time. Uh, and that was either, you know, a vaccine, uh, you were given a mandate that a vaccine had to start by October 27th in order to meet fully vaccinated by the December 2nd timeline. Fully vaccinated obviously is the two weeks after the last vaccination. So, uh, but December 2nd is still the timeline for air. Uh, Army has, I believe, until June 22. Don't don't quote me on that, but I believe that is the Army's take. Um, another thing we want to talk about today is uh, Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas coming up, holidays, things like that. I know we have a lot of single airmen, uh, maybe some people who have geographically separated families. Um, maybe just give a positive word of encouragement out for those people and, and see, you know, give them an idea of what they can do to, you know, maybe not feel so out of place or alone during the holidays. You bet. Uh, so sharing Thanksgiving is a drive. Obviously the wing partakes in, you know, every year. Uh, so it's an opportunity to donate. Uh, and that goes right back to the airmen in this wing that are identified that, that may need. Um, some financial help during the holidays because uh, it is uh, could be a depressing time for some people. 
uh, and, and we talk, you know, September was Suicide Prevention Month, right? So uh, it's not just a month, though, right? It's right. realistically what people are living day in and day out. Suicide prevention, suicide awareness is a daily fight for a lot of people. Uh, and, and we just got to be really cognizant of the fact there are people that may be in a dark spot right now. And are we paying attention? Uh, and are we, you know, are we paying, you know, them, are we giving them the time uh, to talk? Yeah. Um, and there's 1,039 people in this wing, you know, based on our UMB right now. So that's 1,039 different experiences, 1,039 different stories, uh, and 1,038 different ways that we connect with one another. Uh, are you doing your part? Is everybody doing their part to pay attention when somebody is off in their work center, um, has the look in their eye? Maybe that's the initial triage that needs to happen as a conversation. And this is a time rolling into the holidays, rolling into a change of season that some people just don't look forward to. Uh, this is an opportunity to cover down, you know, and not uh, on the people in this wing, but also on their families as well. So just be cognizant of that fact. More conversations need to be had, more awareness needs to be made, you know, for supervisors with their airmen or just friends between friends, you know, or even if you don't like somebody. If you sure. see them struggling and you know they're having a hard time, you just just reach a hand out, you know. Yeah. And keep in mind, too, you might not know that someone's going through a hard time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people do a really good job masking their feelings and their emotions and what's going on. So um, don't wait for someone to look or to let you know that they're having a hard time. Go ahead and reach out and ask them how they're doing. Maybe they're having a great time. That could be a good conversation to have as well. Somebody's having a wonderful thing happen yeah. in their life that they haven't shared yet. So when you're driving, right, and I'll use an analogy, when you're driving and you see a, a student driver sticker on the back of somebody's car or you see a handicapped bumper sticker or something like that, you instantly become more patient. Yeah. I, I don't know if everybody's that way. Mm -hmm. Even a New Yorker in me becomes more patient. Uh, we don't wear signs, you know, so nobody knows what's going on until you really get to know somebody or you, you have that honest conversation or that trust, and that takes time. So if you build it while a relationship is good, imagine the impact that you can have when something's going negative in somebody's life. Right. So um, just just a thought. Yeah. So on, the, on the point of building relationships, right, and um, I think – we're at a time now in, in the country that everybody's looking to disagree than to find something to agree about. And is it really as bad as that's being portrayed on social media? Is it really as bad as being portrayed on the news? Is it really as bad? Because there's a lot of good going on. Uh, you know, what's your focus? What are you paying attention to? What um, are you looking for the good? Because it's so easy to find the bad. But when's the last time we really walked in and found the positive? of something every one of us you know leadership is not a position leadership's a mindset so i don't care if you're an airman basic or you know a general leadership is a mindset um you can connect with people and and if it's one or if it's ten or if it's a thousand it doesn't matter you know you connect all it is is that connection uh that kind of changes the direction of somebody's life and building relationships important uh, i mean i think that's it takes time, and I think that's where a lot of people don't want to take the time because are you me-centric? If you're me-centric, then are you really going to build a relationship with somebody? Um, you know, we all know that person that when you talk to, they're waiting to respond because you see them on the edge of their seat. Their lips are moving without anything coming out of their mouth. Are they really listening to what's happening? 
and I think a leader has to listen uh, and, you know, to really make that connection. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's hard to, to be an active listener, a good listener. I mean, I don't know. Can you can you train yourself to be that way? You know, it just it takes practice. And I think, you know, reaching out and talking to somebody like you were just saying, I think that's it, it helps you, you know, build yourself up too, to notice and recognize those types of things. So, yeah. It's definitely an acquired skill to be an active, <laughs> to be an active listener. And I, and you know, anyone that that's listening that wants to go out there and just do a quick Google search on it, you'll get a ton of, um, of information come back to you um, where you can study. There are articles, there are uh, short training sessions, most professional organizations uh, to include, I've been to several for the Air Force that, that talk about how to be a more engaged and active listener. Uh, so it's certainly a, a muscle that you have to build and then exercise. You can't just uh, go six weeks without listening and wake up tomorrow and say, you know what, today today's the day. I'm going to be an active listener all day long. Sure. And it, and it comes with the maturity. And, that, and maturity yep. comes with some people at 22, some people at 42. I'm still trying to, you know, learn, you know, be that life learner. So um, I think, you know, like Melody said, it's it's an active Thing. You have to just learn to shut up um, and just really listen. And, and you pick apart. A lot of people solve their problems by just letting them talk. And you can, you can pick pieces of things that are coming out of people's mouth, the, the emotions that are coming out, the disagreements, the whatever it may be. A lot of people are giving you the information that they need to get them out of the hole that they're in if you just learn to really actively listen. Um, so, but it, it is, it, it takes time. I can't say that I was always that way. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that I'm perfect at it now. Um, I just learned to shut up a whole hell of a lot more and, and let people say their piece. Um, anyway, one of the biggest things that said to me when I was a superintendent in the engineer section, it was uh, a young master sergeant just knocked on the door. He said, hey boss, I just want to let you know we inhale what you exhale. That's all he had to say. And I knew instantly that I was doing the wrong thing because if I'm stressed, then the whole section's stressed. If I'm flying four days a week, what does that say to that tech sergeant? Well, if the chief was flying four days a week, I have to fly five. You know, what did that translate to? That translated to stressed at home. Are they even giving time to their family? Because they're living stressed at work. And it was an eye-opening, just one simple sentence kind of changed the direction of, you know, how, it was, how I was at that time. So, um, but you got to listen. I mean, you got to have that mentor that somebody may walk in totally junior in rank and say something that should or possibly sh shake you to your core that you're doing things wrong. And there's nothing wrong with that. Admit it, move on, fix it, and then, you know, cover down on people. So. Well, and I was going to say, a lot of times um, people – even if they do want your help in fixing the problem, just through the venting process and the sharing pro process, they'll work, they'll work to the solution themselves, the best solution for them. They just needed an avenue or an outlet to, uh, to have that conversation. So, Well, um, we've also got Veterans Day just right around the corner. So uh, you know, obviously we're going to have a little bit of a part and a play in that. And you know, we already touched on a lot of the things that we can do to reach out to people. Um, and make sure they're they're doing okay. But you know, Veterans Day can also be a celebration for us. But you know, that is our day uh, to let people appreciate what we do. So, 
No, but funny. I think, like I said, it's it's a perfect opportunity to sit there, not only for those that are currently serving, but those that have served too, right? So it's a, you know, we, we don't get where we're at. We don't have what we have without the sacrifice, you know, of the generations before us. Uh, you know, so when you see a vet out there, it's obviously, you know, a fist bump, high five, a thank you. Um, you know, they're near and dear to our heart. And I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's definitely, you know, definitely a time, should be every day but obviously that's the day so yeah. but I do I appreciate the time and, and like I said this is you know this is a concept that that you had uh running with it uh, and and this is an opportunity too for anybody in this wing you know to really sit down tell a story tell something that makes them unique because everybody here is unique to a certain extent we don't all have to get along but we have to professionally agree to get through it right um you know but we become stronger you know, with differences and the right differences with, uh, with the right conversations make us stronger. So this is an opportunity for anybody in this wing to get out of their comfort zone a little bit uh, and, and tell a story. You never know who you're going to connect with. You never know who's listening. Uh, you never know, you know, what, th- where this may plant a seed for somebody to have a conversation with you later. So, you know, it, it's out for all 1,039 people out there. You know, to to walk in here and say, "Hey, I think I have an idea," or "Hey, would love to, you know, love to partake in a podcast." So this is this is Airman's moment, right? So, opportunity for anybody. So. Right. All right. Well, Chief, I really appreciate you coming in here talking to us again. I know people like to hear leadership's voice and 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 keeping it real for people who who do listen to this podcast and. Yeah, absolutely. So. All until, right. Until next time. So take care of yourself and take care of one another. Look forward to it. I'm Melody, and today we are joined with by Lieutenant Tim Tate from our cyber operations um, unit here at the 189th. So, welcome, Lieutenant Tate. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, uh, I uh, I'm a cyber uh, effects officer, so I'm a 17S over there. Um, I'm a drill status guardsman. Uh, during the week, I am a cyber instructor at the schoolhouse that we have there, the 223rd. And so um, I teach cyber tools to military members um, and, you know, all kinds of different uh, things like programming, uh, how to operate a shell, um, you name it. It's, it's quite broad, actually. So I think you kind of touched on it a little bit there in your introduction. But tell us, especially for those of us who don't know a lot or everything or anything about cyber, what does it mean to be a cyber operator? What does that mean mm-hmm. to, uh, to a guardsman? Yeah, so a cyber operator, um, one, it, it is an AFSC. So, um, you know, in it, the general meeting is different from the actual AFSC. So traditionally, they're operations that occur from um, cyber protection teams. And so those are mostly uh, filled by 1B4s. So that would be an, a cyber operator. Um, then you've also got, um, you know, people who are involved in cyber operations that probably would maybe identify as cyber operators, um, although that's not their official title. Uh, for example, COM, you know, com, the COM unit here, uh, many of those folks could classify themselves as oper- cyber operators because they're involved in cyber operations in hardening um, systems to uh, implement security controls, uh, you know, uh, create policy, uh, make sure those policies are enforced. They're actually kind of the front line of cyber, so um, you know they could they could easily identify as well as cyber operators. Not to mention, there's also an initiative by the Air Force 
to it's called the the Cyber Squadron Initiative, and uh, what they're doing is the Air Force has decided to take our comm units and uh, take them out of the support group, and they're going to put them in the operations group. For us here, we have C-130s, right? We do. Um, we have a schoolhouse. Well, those that cyber squadron would go and look at all the different things that it takes to run that um, that mission. You know what what kind of support tools that are required, um, even physical elements that are required to run that mission, um, and they'll provide a, a really good assessment to pass that up to the wing commander. And so the wing commander has a really good idea of, okay, how much risk am I assuming uh, by not having these different controls in place uh, to protect our mission? Okay, so what is the mission of the 223rd here at the 189th Airlift Wing? Well, the mission of the 223rd, as it is right now, is that we are a schoolhouse. So we are in charge of the total force um, IQT training for the CVAH weapon system. CVH stands for Cyber Vulnerability and Assessment Hunter, okay? So uh, essentially what that is, it's just a stack of servers and laptops that uh, the Air Force deploys to um, connect to our, our you know, our whatever, whatever assist weapon system that you have, right? So, um, and to, you know, do some form of analysis to that system, okay? And... Um, the initial qualification training is done here at the 223rd uh, by cyber instructors like myself. Uh, we also have military members that are uh, developing curriculum, things of that nature. Um, and then future-wise, uh, the 223rd will more than likely provide some form of a domestic operations uh, where we could potentially aid the state uh, one day um, in some form of incident response uh, or, uh, let's see, it's looking like we potentially, like I told you earlier, um, in a couple of years, we'll get a cyber protection team. Okay. So a CPT of ourselves, we have all these one B4s, um, here who are cyber operators. And so the air force wants to give us a CPT so that we can go out and start doing active missions, uh, performing incident response, um, threat emulation, things like that, uh, you know, in, in the Air Force. So you mentioned um, the cyber protection teams, and we talked a little earlier about having to staff those. So what does it, what does it take? What qualifications do you need just to, to be a cyber operator at the wing? But then even further for that, if you're going to become a member of a cyber protection team, um, what, kind of, what kind of people are you looking for to come, to come fill these positions in the Guard? Well, uh, number one, it takes passion. I mean, it really does. Um, you know, it, it, that, the the nerdy guy who's always been into computers, the programmer, um, the the guy at Thanksgiving that you always have fix your computer, that's the guy we're looking for. Um, it can't be someone who was placed in an AFSE. It truly has to be a hobbyist and a, as someone who has passion. Um, more than that, though, there actually um, are some qualifications that are you, you need to, in the National Guard, it, there's no pipeline for the one before. Um, AFSC. So in the National Guard, you actually have to, it's a follow-on AFSC. Uh, you're required to have a previous AFSC with a five-level um, and three years in that AFSC uh, before you can cross-train to 1B4. Um, so as you can imagine, we don't have many airmen 
in our squadron. <laughs> um, yeah, but we have a lot Makes of sense. Yeah, a lot of uh, tech sergeants and up. Not, and we really don't even have that many E fives. And so, um, it, it it takes a lot to get there. Uh, you also have to take a test, an aptitude tef- test that's pretty difficult, called the EDPT. Don't know what that stands for. Uh, can't remember. Um, and then you also have to possess a IAW level three certification, which um, you know a lot of the a lot of the com folks here have that, um, and it's required for any administrators. Um, but essentially, that's normally satisfied by uh, CompTIA Security Plus certification. Um, so you also have to have that. Cyber is always always changing, and there's always new tools. So you got to be willing to, you know, change tool sets a lot and learn new ones. So, so why should someone want to become a cyber operator? What's, what's, you know, what can you tell me? What do you enjoy about being uh, a cyber officer? What, what is something that you would tell someone if you were just out there in the public, you came across one of these computer fixing nerds that you were just talking about? And by the way, I'm a nerd at heart, so I can totally say that here on our podcast. But mm-hmm. what would you tell them? Why should they think about becoming a cyber operator in the Air Force? Uh, well, one, it's kind of new and exciting. Um, so it's somewhat of a new career field, the cyber career field. I mean, you know, it's not like computers are new, okay? Um, but the way that we're protecting them uh, just recently has changed quite a bit. We've really had a huge emergence of what's called advanced persistent threats, or APTs. Um, and these advanced persistent threats are uh, well-funded. So with an increase in funding, you have an increase of processing power. So you can, that really complex password that now gets more complex as, you know, every single month um, is more able, they are more able to hack those or brute force those passwords. They're also um, a lot more complex or or well-organized than they used to be. So this is, they've always, they've been around for quite a while, but uh, they've really grown in number um, lately. And and I'm sure you've seen on the news uh, all kinds of different, um, you know, hacks that have occurred in these major companies, major, major companies. Um, and it, uh, I promise you their hacks weren't, you know, they didn't happen at those companies because they weren't configured correctly. You know, they didn't have their security controls configured correctly. You know, they, they had great security controls. It's just that these advanced persistent threats uh, or threat actors, um, they, they have such a wealth of resources and knowledge and organization that they're taking, they're um, conducting these complex attacks uh, on these companies or uh, our military. Um, and so we need to increase our level of, of um, oh, cyber, <laughs> cyber, that general term, cyber. So what we're doing now is um, instead of just saying, hey, set it and forget it, uh, we have, we're actively looking for Uh, adversaries in our network. We are Mission Ready Airmen, providing premier training to the C-130 and cyber enterprises, capitalizing on partnerships to support the state and defend the nation. Our vision is to be a diverse family of airmen, dedicated, adaptive, and empowered to lead. 